Hello. You are listening to the Grieving Parents Sharing Hope podcast. We are here to walk with parents on their unwanted journey of child loss, guiding them to a place of hope, light, and purpose, not in spite of their child's death, but as a way to honor his or her life. And now, here is your host, author, speaker, and bereaved parent, Laura Deal. Hi. Thank you for hanging out here with me for the next few minutes. In case you're wondering, the Hope Mobile is parked in New Mexico right now, so that's where I'm recording this from. Today we are going to talk about the struggles we find ourselves in with the holiday of Thanksgiving. All of the holidays are a struggle, but Thanksgiving is unique in that the entire purpose is to be thankful and grateful for the ways God has blessed us. But we really don't feel blessed at all, do we? In fact, I know some of you even feel cursed or that God must be punishing you for some reason. Let me just say that if God allowed your child to die as a punishment to you, then Jesus wasted his time coming to earth for the purpose of being the final sacrifice for your sins. He paid the price. He took the punishment already. God cannot punish you for something that was already taken care of by Jesus before you were even born. Yes, we still live in a corrupt world where there are natural consequences of that, but I can guarantee that your child's death was not a punishment from God. I know it's hard to let go of that because we need to know why this happened. And if it wasn't God punishing me, then we're right back to the struggle of wanting to know why. And I have talked about that and written about it previously. So if that whole question of why just really gets to you right now, let me just suggest you go to our website, gpshope.org, and put in the search bar the word why, and then take a look at those things that come up. I am going to read an email that I received last year right after Thanksgiving. It's from my friend, Jill Theriault. And Dave and I got to have lunch with her recently while cutting through California with the Hope Mobile. And she has also been a guest on the podcast. Her barely two-year-old son died suddenly and unexpectedly. And I believe it was from meningitis. Jill wrote to me, It has been 23 years, and I still find myself having to continually give grace to those who don't understand. Yesterday on Thanksgiving, I was told that as I mature, I should be able to celebrate again. As you know, Nathan's date of birth is November 11th. Our wedding anniversary is November 18th, and his date of death was November 24th, with him being buried on Thanksgiving Day. There is not much celebrating going on during those couple of weeks. What they don't realize is grief has nothing to do with maturity. You can be a child, a young adult, or adult or grandparent and grieve the death of a loved one. I have always traveled on Thanksgiving because I find it healing and also much easier to deal with the day without having to put on a fake smile for those I'm around and I don't have to explain my sadness. My husband said yes to an invitation for dinner at a friend's home for Thanksgiving, and I was reminded once again why I do not socialize on Thanksgiving. I tried to explain it, but they weren't understanding. I was also informed that I must really be struggling because I posted pictures of Nathan on his date of death and Thanksgiving on Facebook. I wouldn't say I'm struggling. I would say these days remind me of my son, and I enjoy seeing his pictures because they bring me comfort. 
Unfortunately, no matter how much we try to educate people, they will only view this type of loss from their experience and perspective because they've never lost a child. So they assume they know how we feel because their dog died or their parent died. I've experienced the death of both my parents and their death was different from Nathan's because my relationship was different with them. This was our first Thanksgiving without my mom, so I found myself missing her too. I pray your Thanksgiving was peaceful. And like I said, this was from my friend Jill. Wow, there is so much in here to unpack, which is exactly why I saved this email for a year to be able to share this with you as we get close to Thanksgiving. Let me start out by saying I totally understand the thoughts of not having anything to be thankful for. The death of our child is front and center, and being thankful for anything can feel impossible. When we're told that, be thankful that you're breathing, well, no, we can't because we don't want to be breathing, right? I remember begging God to just take me. Most of us were not suicidal. We just don't want to be here anymore. A few days ago, I was talking with a group of Pereaver moms about their Thanksgiving Day plans. And the ones who were the freshest that first year or two just want to skip it all together, which is very typical. Many of us find ourselves in the struggle of how we used to be the hub of Thanksgiving. We were the ones who did the cooking and had the family over for the day. And now we have no desire or the energy to do any of that. Those first few years, we don't have the bandwidth to be around a group of people, much less know the triggers and tears that would happen because of how blatantly obvious it is to us that our child isn't there. And often when we force ourselves to go for at least a while, our families, maybe they don't talk about or even acknowledge in any way that our child is not there. They feel it's awkward, and maybe they don't want to ruin the happy day of being thankful with grief and tears. Or a lot of times they think it will make us feel worse, not realizing that ignoring our child is what makes us feel worse. It is really hard, like Jill said, to socialize when we're in a place of grief. And every time these holidays hit, it can put us in that place of grief again. And, you know, Jill's situation is extremely unique in that the birthday, the death date was all around Thanksgiving. And with her son being buried on Thanksgiving, you have the date itself and then you have Thanksgiving Day, whatever day that falls on. And I mean, that's a lot. And some of you have similar things where this time of year you have extra things going on, those dates that just send extra triggers. And it, it's, it's so hard. People around us just don't understand. To be honest, I don't even remember those first few years of Thanksgiving. I think we all went out to eat. And as I really try to rack my brain and think about it, I think we did that for the first two or three years until my adult children worked up the courage to say how much they missed the traditional Thanksgiving meal and being together at the house. So I did end up going back to that. But now we are on the road in the Hopemobile. So Thanksgiving is very different for us now. You know, Jill says they like to travel. Well, we, we live traveling and so kind of makes it easier for us. And and it makes the day very different, and it's obviously not uh, a traditional feel to it, which helps. 
This year, though, we are going to park the Hopemobile in Texas, and we're going to be driving the car home. We will be home for Thanksgiving, and I will be cooking a meal. Our son bought our house from us, so everything is very familiar there for me. And we, we pulled out early in August this year. We usually don't pull out until October, so we decided to go home for a couple weeks. So I will be back in Wisconsin for Thanksgiving, and it will be more of a traditional day for, for us. And this can be a constant yearly struggle of this whole thing of Thanksgiving because so much of it is the emphasis on family being together. And we don't want to disappoint our other children and family members, but at the same time, we may know that we just don't have it in us to celebrate Thanksgiving, whether it's physically, emotionally, mentally, or even spiritually. It can be exhausting trying to explain to family and friends why we don't want to or we can't celebrate holidays and special events like we have in the past. It's really exhausting when they just don't get it and maybe they won't even let it go. Friends and family who mean well, they can even insist that joining in the celebrations and festivities is just what we need. They tell us it's the best thing we can do to get back to normal. Okay, yes, that buzzer was a wrong answer buzzer. The thing is, that may be true with their personal experience of other losses, but we know this is not like other losses. And we wouldn't know that ourselves if we had not experienced it. So we can't expect them to know or understand something that we didn't know or understand until we're here in this place. Here's something that might help to explain our grief, if not to others, at least to yourself. For those first few months, up to two or three years, grieving the death of our child is like having a full-time job with overtime. It consumes us. It takes everything we have, whether we want it to or not. It drains us, leaving us to feel like there is just no way we can go on. Eventually, our grief becomes more like a full-time job, thankfully without all the constant overtime. It usually sneaks up on us around maybe three to five years into our grief, and a lot of times we don't even realize it at first. In full-time grief, grieving the death of our child is still the greatest part of our life. It still drains us and exhausts us, but now we have times of reprieve. Maybe we can go out and do something without feeling like we're on the verge of falling apart. We can join certain activities or family events, even if we aren't ready to stay the whole time, and maybe have some smiles and laughs without feeling guilty. We can watch a movie and actually enjoy it instead of just staring at the screen, oblivious to what we're watching. We clock back into our full-time job of grieving afterwards when we take these little reprieves, our breaks, but it isn't all-consuming anymore. Although we can still slip into overtime for a few days or even weeks here and there, especially when we hit the holidays like right now. Then after several years of really hard work, we find ourselves able to go down to part-time grief. However, we're always on call because our grief is like an undercurrent ready to surface in a split second. Sometimes we know there is something coming that will be a trigger, and other times we get slapped with it out of the blue with no warning in a place we least expect it. And sometimes all of a sudden the grief is there and we have no clue why. We don't even know what triggered it. And when that happens, we clock back in to increase our grief work time. 
Sometimes we're clocked in for a few minutes or hours, and sometimes it's for a day or two. And there are the occasional times when we need to go back to full-time, such as when our child should be graduating with their classmates or a wedding happens that our child would have been in, or a specific holiday season that hurts because our child is not here with us during that especially meaningful season. And yes, there will still be rare times when we go back to overtime, like the death of another close family member that triggers our deep grief. For me, eight years after my daughter Becca died, I found myself sobbing and wailing at my dad's casket. I didn't even do that at Becca's casket, but when I saw the boutonniere from her wedding pinned to his suit, I just totally lost it. I even knew it was going to be there, but it affected me so much more deeply than I anticipated. I was out of sorts for a few weeks, having a hard time focusing and functioning. Then seven weeks later, my mother-in-law, whom I love dearly, passed away in her sleep, which didn't help at all. I am so glad to be back to part-time right now. But I know there will continue to be times when it goes back to full-time work for a while, and unfortunately, sometimes overtime grief work. But thankfully, like I said, that is very rare, and you will get to that place as well. So my question is for you, where are you in this grief work right now? Are you on overtime, full-time, or part-time grief? It's all hard work. But the overtime, it's just outright brutal. And if that's where you are, find out, figure out, ask yourself, what can you do to give yourself a short break now and then? It's okay to take a break from that grief because it'll be there for you, waiting for you when you get back. So you can take those breaks. It's okay. We cannot stop the overtime until that work project is complete but we can and need to take as many breaks as possible, no matter how short they are. The Holy Spirit knows exactly what you need and when you need it. So if you feel a prompting to do something that doesn't make a lot of sense, obviously not anything harmful, then follow through on those promptings because you just never know how it will lift your load even just a little bit as you do this grief work through the holidays. I am seeing Christmas everywhere already, so I am guessing you are too. And it kind of makes us already start dreading the Christmas holiday season. I mean like the day after Halloween, the day after October 31st, it's like Christmas is all over the place. Are you wishing there was something to help you get through it? Well, you may want to take a look at the book I wrote a few years ago called Hope for the Future, an Advent book for bereaved parents. When I was just a few years into my journey with my daughter Becca being gone from this earth, I found myself crying out to God at how badly I needed him to truly be Emmanuel, God with me, during the Christmas holiday season. I used to love Christmas, and it was Becca's favorite holiday, but now it was such a struggle with my family being incomplete, and we were also facing some difficult issues with her siblings in the way they were dealing with their sister's death. For many years, as my kids grew up, 
we did an Advent wreath with lighting a candle each night. And each year I would find a different devotional Advent book for kids or families, specifically to help us bring our focus back to Jesus during the busyness of December. So when I was struggling so much, I decided to get out my Advent wreath and do my own thing each night of Advent based on the journey of missing my daughter within the struggle of celebrating Jesus and all that holiday stuff that comes with the season. And I thought maybe others who were having the same struggle might want to join me. So I would write something out each night and then go live on Facebook, light my Advent candle, and read what I had written. Well, I ended up turning that into a book. And I don't go live every night now, but I do get on each Sunday night during Advent at 8.30 at night Central Time. And I light the next candle on the wreath and I share the reading out loud with anyone who wants to join me, both live on Facebook and on YouTube. This year, Advent starts on Sunday, November 27th. You can order the book through your favorite book distributor. But I want to let you know that we are discounting the price on Amazon through Wednesday, November 23rd. That's the day before Thanksgiving to only $9.99. You don't have to have an Advent wreath to go through the book, but they are pretty easy to get, and it does add to the impact of what you are reading. If you want to know more about the book, Hope for the Future, or my going live each week, all you have to do is go to gpshope.org slash adventbook, and I will also put a link to that in the show notes. I would love to have you join me with this and other perivers as we do this together to get through the Christmas season. Let's go ahead and go on to our birthday segment this week. Kaysen Sancraint was born on November 14th and left us at age 10. Laura Ann was born on November 17th and left us at age 15. Timothy Kravitz was born on November 17th and left us at age 27. Cord Ramsey Davis was born on November 18th and left us at age 24. Philip Boothillier was born on November 19th and left us at age 49. We celebrate the day these children came into the world. It will always be a very special and important day to these families. If you would like to have your child's birthday announced the week of his or her birthday, I would be honored to do that. All you have to do is go to gpshope.org slash birthdays. Fill out the form, submit it, just the simple information that we need, including the pronunciation, so I can make sure I say the name correctly if it's a name that gets mispronounced at times. And also Dave will be sending you an email the week that his or her birthday is announced so that you remember to listen that week. So if you haven't done that, go ahead and fill that out and I will announce your son or daughter's birthday. I want to wrap this up by sharing one more thing that came out when talking to this group of moms a few days ago. My friend Val was sharing how on her son's birthday, she gives gifts to her grandchildren in honor and memory of their uncle Eric so that he stays part of the family. 
Nancy, one of the other moms, commented how special it is to be able to make new memories with the one who is gone. And that was such a beautiful thought, making new memories with the one who is gone, finding ways to include them in your life and in your holidays. So here's a question for you. How can you still make new and meaningful memories during the holiday season with your child who's no longer here with you? Yes, it will probably be painful, but like a good pain that's bringing healing. These are bittersweet days for all of us through the end of the year, and even more so if you're like Jill and there are birthdays and death dates in the middle of it. But you can learn how to not just fall into the despair of the bitter, but how to lean into the sweet. The struggle is real, but so is the Holy Spirit as he walks with you through each day. We're going to be talking about this a little bit more for the next couple of weeks because I'm going to be bringing on a couple of Pariver moms who are seasoned in their grief and they have some good helpful tips in getting through the end of the year holiday season. So I hope you join me for those. Don't forget to get your Hope for the Future book and join me live each Advent Sunday so we can walk this Christmas season together. But first, let's get through Thanksgiving, right? And as always, hold on. Pain eases. There is hope.